Mandy Yakich from Creative Matters, and you're listening to Creative Matters On Air, where I have conversations with new and established artists from around New Zealand. I love to listen to artists' stories and learn about their creative process, and maybe you do too, which is why I've made this podcast, to inspire, inform and educate. I hope you can take away something positive and encouraging from each of these amazing stories to help you on your own creative journey. Hi, and welcome to Creative Matters, episode 27. Today we are talking to Judith Milner. Judith is a portrait and figurative painter living in Auckland, New Zealand. After studying law, psychology and art history at the University of Auckland, Judith worked as a commercial lawyer for, for 13 years before reconnecting with her love of painting, while taking a break to focus on caring for her two young children. Judith has always been drawn to the quiet contemplation of portraiture, the opportunity to read a face, to reflect on the sitter's interior, and through the process of painting to try to capture something of their essential character, something more than a superficial likeness. She seeks to combine a naturalistic, descriptive approach with a more painterly and expressive style. Judith's figurative paintings are inspired by nostalgia for old informal photographs, far removed from today's highly doctored digital images that are immediately and continually available. Judith tells us a very fascinating story of her creative journey and she, and she shares insights into the ways she explores stories of the past, relationships, personalities, connections, equality and inclusion through her beautiful paintings. Hello Judith Miller, welcome to Creative Matters. Hi Mandy. How are you? Good, thank you. Oh good, it's great to see you even though we have a computer between us. (laughs) (laughs) Getting used to this in there, yeah. Yeah, it's not an easy time really is it? Um, so, Judith, it would be really nice for you, if you don't mind, just to go back um, to your childhood mm-hmm. and tell us where you were born and um, if you're an arty child and, uh, yeah, something about your family. Sure. Um, yes, yeah, so I was born here in Auckland um, and grew up on the North Shore and I was a very arty child. I, um, I spent a huge amount of time sort of drawing and making things and I used to love making paper dolls and um, make little cardboard furniture for my dollhouse and things like that. Um, My mum had a um, studio in the garden with a kiln. She made porcelain dolls. So I used to spend a lot of time out there in painting ceramics and getting her to fire things in her kiln for me, um, which I loved doing. And... My dad wasn't artistic, but he's very interested in art. So whenever there was a big exhibition on at the gallery, um, we would all go and see that. Um, And I I can still remember some of the exhibitions when the Impressionists came from France and things like that, going to see those. Um, And if we went on road trips, we'd always be pulling over to look at different historic buildings and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think I had quite a quite a creative sort of upbringing. Mm, that's great. And it's it's interesting that your mum was into her, you know, ceramics and, and firing and, and you never actually ended up following that path, did you? No, no. Um, I did always enjoy that kind of thing. But, yeah, I guess it's a, it, picking up a paintbrush is a little bit easier. You don't need all that equipment. And yeah, that yeah. But she obviously sort of ignited something in your creative brain. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. And so um, moving into high school, did you do all the, all the art subjects and, and study art? Yes, so I took um, art and um, art history at high school and I had a really um, good teacher in fourth form art who um, she sort of taught us all the basics of painting and, and drawing and you know, shading and colour theories and things like that. And and I remember really enjoying that. And then she was my art history teacher later as well. And I loved art history. I just found it so amazing how these artists had um, used art to tell stories and 
for political propaganda and, and all these um, yeah, different movements throughout art. And it, it really just um, gave me a new way of looking at art and understanding it. And, um, yeah, and that was quite an awakening for me, I think. Yeah, just that was my one of my favourite subjects. So, yeah. And then what other subjects were you into at that time? Because I know that you ended up becoming a lawyer. So, obviously, you were interested in other things at school. Yeah, I did English and history in classical studies and I think that was it, art and art history by, by the time I got to the end of school. Um, yeah, but I was quite academic as well. Um, so I guess that's where I kind of got, you know, ended up going in a slightly different direction. My um, family weren't too keen. They were supportive of me doing art but they just thought it should be a hobby and they weren't really keen on me going that way when it came to tertiary study. Mm. Um, I think yeah, they were really is... worried that it wouldn't be a job. And, yeah. you know, I come from quite a traditional family where it's important to have a reliable job. Professional and <laughs> career. And <laughs> yeah, and um, it's, it's very common, isn't it? I mean, so many of our guests have have had that same sort of feeling from their parents. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that's different now with younger parents um, or the next generation coming through. I'm not sure if there's a different attitude. Hopefully there is. Yeah. I think people are encouraged more to just follow what they love doing and, and what they're good at. Um, perhaps these days it's, yeah, it's hard to know, isn't it? Mm, I'd like to think so. Yeah, I think people value creativity I think more is something that you can devote your life to, I guess. But I I still think there could be some people who just, some parents who just still have that little worry in the back of their minds that it might not be a sort of financially viable career for their kids. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. So um, tell us about how you got to university or what happened after high school. Yeah, so um, I ended up, um studying law and I don't I think I was quite naive to what being a lawyer really was to be honest but I could do, continue doing all my art subjects while I was at university so I did that I, I kept up the art history and the history and um, I did psychology as well so I did a conjoint law and arts degree um, and I yeah I loved university and I did a little bit of painting while I was at university you know do the odd evening course or something with a friend but um, yeah I didn't have a lot of time so that kind of gradually went by the wayside um, yeah and then I came out of university and I went straight into a big law firm um, on a graduate program um, and then at that time, I, I didn't paint really for quite a long time because, um, you know, work was quite intense and long hours. And, and then from there, I went off traveling and was living in flat chairs and things where you just don't really have the space to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? How you sort of end up you know, having to kind of accommodate whatever you're doing at the time and that can influence the art that you're making. Yeah. 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 So how long were you a lawyer? Um, about 13 years all up. So um, I, I worked here in New Zealand and then I went to the UK and worked there. And then I went to Australia as well for a couple of years. Um, and then I, um, seven years ago now, we had my daughter. So I took some time out then and, um, yeah, wanted to be at home with her. And then I did a little bit of work when she was one. I went back and did some part-time work. Um, but, yeah, I didn't really feel ready to launch myself back into it because we, we knew we wanted more children, um, one, one more. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and... And then I haven't gone back since then. So I've been out of it now for for seven years, really. Mm, wow. And are you, are you pining for it? I mean, what kind of um, law work were you actually doing? Um, I was a corporate sort of commercial lawyer. Um, and, 
no, I'm not. I'm not pining for it. I don't think I'll go back. Yeah. Really. Yeah, it's been a sort of gradual realization. I, I thought that I would initially, and then, um, yeah, no, I, I don't think I can't see myself going back to it now. And is that because you have your children as your as your new focus, or is it the, your art practice? That I think it's my art practice, really. Yeah, because I, I definitely want something for myself outside of just um, the children, um, and I think. Yeah, art's kind of come to fill that space, I guess. Yeah, mm. it's gradually over the last um, few years, really. Yeah, that's so great. And I think a lot of people, I mean, that's when I started painting. It was when when my t- children were babies and, you know, when they went to bed, that was my time to get creative, which I really felt I needed. Yeah. So how do you actually work your way around your week and your kids? Yeah, so my youngest isn't at school yet, but she does go to a creche um, three days a week, uh, just school hours really. Um, And so those are my painting days. And one of those days I go to Brown School of Art and I I have been doing their year-long classes, which has been really great. Mm. And then, um, yeah, I try and dedicate another day to painting of my three days. And then... The third day usually kind of gets used up with um, admin and dentist appointments and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, so I I do have a bit of time, yeah, when when she's at kindy and um, she'll be at starting school mid next year. So then I should get quite a bit more time, which I'm Mm. looking forward to. Yeah, and you'll see that as your your full-time job. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Well done for bringing out the paintbrushes again. Yeah, yeah. No, I um, I had started painting um, when I was in Melbourne, actually, and that's when I, I started the portraiture. So that was before my daughter was born. And um, I'd been doing that class and I just loved it. And so I knew that um, once the children were old enough to be left with a grandparent or something like that, I really wanted to get back into it. Mm, yeah so good wow that's great and um we'll talk about the brown school of art you know a little bit later and what you're doing there but um, would you like to just start by telling us about your practice as a whole um Mm -hmm. and then we'll sort of look at the different elements of it and talk through that a little bit so yeah how would you describe your practice um yes i um I have the two kind of strands running, I guess, so the portraiture um, side of things. Um, and even within that, I guess I, I have kind of portraits that I do on commission for people. And then I also um, like to have my own sort of more self-directed work um, within that. And then more recently I've started doing figurative paintings, which um, I often use old photos and things as resources. Um, and, yeah, so... Do you use oils or acrylic? Yeah, I use oils. Yeah, I love oil paint. Yeah, um, yeah I only ever used acrylics at high school and things, but then when I discovered oil paints, I just, I love how, I love the blendability and I love the fact they stay wet and you can keep working into them. yeah. Yeah, I think most people who um, are oil painters absolutely love oils. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it would never go back to acrylic. Yeah. Well, I do, I hear about these new acrylic paints that are similar and it would be nice to, um, yeah, try them. But I've sort of, I've got my materials now, so. Mm. Yeah, and you work on canvas or board? board? Um, I I work on canvas sometimes or I I use quite a lot of linen boards because I really like the linen surface is just a bit finer than the canvas and Mm. um, less toothy. And I just, yeah, I really like that. So um, you can get stretched linen um, or the linen boards. And for smaller works, I find the boards are really good. Yeah, mm. and they're easier to frame as well, you know, yeah. for people. Yeah, it's beautiful working on linen, isn't it? It even is. A, even acrylic on linen. linen What's that, sorry? I love the natural linen colour, so sometimes yeah. I leave areas unpainted and um, 
you know, it's this beautiful sort of earthy grey and I like to leave areas showing. Yeah. And it's yeah. got a lovely texture on it, hasn't it? As yeah. say, not as not as defined as canvas, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Well, let's talk about your um your practice um in sort of two parts really we'll start with the portraiture Mm -hmm. so um how did you get into that were you actually doing that at high school that kind of thing or yeah so at high school um we always really did still life and I I can remember wanting to paint people I I always loved um Rita Angus's self-portraits and things like that and I most of the art that I liked was of people um so then when I was in Australia I um I found a portraiture class with an amazing teacher called Andrew Forsyth and I used to go along in the evenings and we'd have models sit for us and we'd paint from life um and we'd have you know a couple of hours once a week over a couple of weeks to to finish a painting and I just loved it I just was completely kind of hooked um and and then yeah and then obviously having a model sit for you is not as easy as using a photograph and things so I sort of gradually um moved over to working from photographs um which I I find it easier it's easier to get a a likeness I think um than working for well it depends how much time you have but it can be less pressure <laughs> working mm. on a photograph yeah. yeah I just don't I really don't know how you do it you know I just have so much admiration for portrait artists who can capture you know expression in the way that you do I mean your portraits are so beautiful and they're the kind of portraits that sort of draw you in and and there's something that wants you to keep looking at them. You know, they're just, I think it is the expression and that sort of, it's almost like the face is really telling a story and, and you want to know more kind of thing. There's something about them. Often I just pass portraits by, you know, it doesn't necessarily draw me in, but there's something about your work that does that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. How do you actually, um, how do you approach it? I mean, do you, do you have a, a person who you, if you're doing a, so maybe if we talk about, first of all, your portraits you do without, which aren't commissions. Yeah. Um, and how you approach that. So if you could sort of talk through your process, mm-hmm. that would be interesting. Um, so last year, actually, for our end of year show at, at Brown School, um, I did a series of nine portraits of inspirational New Zealand women. And I guess the kind of inspiration behind that was that I feel that the media and society tend to value women, you know, for the way we look and we're constantly bombarded with images of of beautiful women and I wanted to um, celebrate women for what they'd achieved and so I chose um, women who'd achieved great things either professionally or through their activism and service and you know, so for different reasons. And um, and then I approached those people and asked permission to paint their portrait because, um, well, technically I suppose you don't really need it. It would have felt a bit strange. Um, and that was amazing actually. Like I reached out to people that I didn't know and some of them were quite high profile and they were all really interested in my project and um, really supportive. Nobody said no. Um, and I asked them all to send me a photograph or a selection of photographs um, and I sort of gave them certain um, I guess required you know not requirements but told them the type of work yeah yeah Um, yeah. and then um, that's sort of I guess how that project came about yeah Um, that's amazing and how did you do a lot of research to find the kind of woman that you wanted to portray or uh, I did, and once I had chosen the woman, I would research them as well and try and find out as much as I could about them. Um, because I think when you have someone sit for you, you obviously have that opportunity to get to know them and talk to them. But if you're working from a photograph, it's a bit different. And I do want my portraits to convey something more than just 
a physical likeness. You know, I'm not a realist painter. Um, representational, but I'm not kind of aiming for realism. And I wanted something of their personality to come through in my painting. So mm. I felt that by doing the research and things, hopefully that that would help with that. Mm. And you didn't mm. actually meet them, you just... Some, of, the, some of them I met, um, but not all of them, yeah. Mm. I spoke to people on the phone and things like that, which was, yeah. Yeah, and that would have been interesting in itself, just, you know, meeting or talking to these amazing women. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Who had achieved so many things. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and you had nine, was it a series of nine? It was a series of nine, yes. So the reason I chose the nine was that I did them in a square format and I was sort of referencing, I guess, Instagram. And then I arranged them in a grid, again, like the Instagram grid. Um, because I feel like Instagram is so um, curated and filtered. And I guess I was just trying to make a bit of a counter to that. Like here are these women that have done these amazing things. And we should be honouring women for what they do and not for how they look. And and I, I guess that's kind of why I chose that format, yeah. So good. And it's, you know, it's an important discussion to be having. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with that with that series, did you have a colour palette in mind or were you using colour to represent something about the people? I chose the colours and the backgrounds and things to represent, yeah, something about the, the person. And... Um, you know, it's, it, it did have to work with the skin tones and the other colours in the painting. But, um, yeah, I tried to make that kind of symbolic in some way, I, I guess. Yeah. Mm. And I guess there'd be quite a lot of symbols in those portraits, probably in all the portraits, you know, what they're wearing, um, yeah. if they've got any jewellery or the way their hair is. You know, all of those symbols are kind of adding to the to the character, I guess, aren't they? Yeah, I think that's right. I think um, there is that, you know, you can tell quite a lot about a person from how they look, oddly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how they present themselves. Yeah, how they put themselves together. Exactly. Kind of yeah. Thing. yeah. And they're really beautiful portraits. They look great. So what's happening with those portraits, Judith? So I had, had an exhibition of those um, and some people bought their portraits and, and some, you know, didn't, but that wasn't really the point. It was more, you know, just I wanted people to stop and look at them and, and think about that and to celebrate those women, you know. Um, yeah, so. That's so good. And one way it, I'd love to turn it into a book that would be yeah, like, that not just those, awesome. but create, you know, a, a collection of, New Zealand contemporary New Zealand woman Mm. and um and have a book with the portraits and then this the stories of those women yeah such amazing stories yeah that'd be so good yeah it'd be a beautiful book Yeah. yeah And did you, you had your own exhibition and that was part of the show, was it? Or was it a, a show especially for those portraits? Uh so there was a bit of overlap. So I, I did, um, I had my own show at, at Brown School. It was that end of year show with my the other people in my class and that was my sort of um, contribution. And then I also, separate to that, I had a commission from the Women's Fund to paint um, six of the, the kind of key donors to that organisation and supporters because um, they were having an event um, to celebrate the recipients of their grants. And so they, they asked me to do the portraits um, for the venue and they were displayed at the venue on the night of the event. Um, and so there was some overlap between some of the women that mm. I um, used some of the portraits in my end of year show and some of those women were associated with the Women's Fund. Oh, right. That's so good. Yeah. And how yeah. did they discover you? Was that through the original work that you made? Uh, no, it was um, the, the person that was doing their um, event and kind of PR um, knew me and um, she thought it would be a great kind of synergy because she knew about the work I was doing. And so, um, yeah, it sort of came about that way. Mm, yeah. Really beautiful. That's so nice that you could kind of 
extend what you'd already come up with and and take it to another forum, I guess, another platform. Yeah, yeah. But still with the same sort of ideas behind it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So um, there was that kind of portrait making and then um, you obviously have commissions where people come to you and ask you to make a painting. So yeah. uh, how does that work? Yeah, so um, it, it started out initially, you know, it would be sort of friends or friends of friends would come and say, oh, you know, I'd like a portrait of my father or my child. And um, But then, yeah, that, it's sort of taken off quite a bit and I'm quite busy with portrait commissions at the moment, which is great. Um, so what normally happens is we'll have a conversation um, and I'll try and understand the vision of what they want and um, we'll then sort of talk about um, selecting a photo and um, what elements they might, are there any other elements that they might want to include in the portrait and the kind of, I guess, mood they want to get across and yeah, we'll sort of discuss it and there's usually quite a few things to decide on um, and, you know, things like the composition, whether they just want head and shoulders or they want a bit more or, you know, what size they want um, and that sort of thing. So we'll usually work all that out together um, and sometimes I'll do a sketch for them just so they can make sure that they're happy with what's included. And then... Um, I'll go away and paint that and send them a um, digital photo to sort of make sure they're happy with everything. And um, generally people are really pleased with how it's turned out once I've had to make a few changes, um, only really because the photo wasn't quite how they... So they'd chosen a photo that perhaps didn't quite represent the person. So mm. I said, oh, can you make the chin a bit broader? <laughs> it's, it's right. It, it's how the photo looks, but actually the, the chin, their chin's not quite like that. And, but, yeah. you know, those things were minor. It was e that was easy to do. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how that process works, really. Mm, that's really cool. And that must, again, be nice, it's making quite a deep connection with a family or a person yeah. um, and understanding the reasons why they are wanting this portrait and that kind of thing. And the, yeah, story, no, the story of the person. It feels really special because sometimes, you know, it's um, a family member that's passed. Um, and so, yeah, it's like a really, you know, special um, memento or heirloom for the person that's commissioning it. Or sometimes they want to capture a, like, stage of their child's development. And, um, yeah, so I love doing that because I just feel like it's, such a lovely thing to be able to do for people. Mm, yeah. It's quite an honour, isn't it? It's, it is an honour. It, it does feel like quite a responsibility sometimes. Yeah, um, I can imagine. I, I did a few kind of back-to-back -back recently and then I was quite relieved to take a break and paint something else mm. <laughs> because, yeah, it does. It feels like yeah, a lot of responsibility to get it right, especially if it's a family member that's passed away you yeah know. yeah yeah and I guess you um, when people first see your work often that sort of creates a bit of emotion for some people yeah yeah it does but but that's also quite lovely like it's quite lovely that it can be that meaningful to somebody yeah yeah because I think cool. a portrait is quite different to just a photograph yeah definitely yeah so it's um it's quite intriguing to me how you actually um, you know, talk with your clients about that idea of, you know, you see yourself as a representational artist and they may be wanting it to be an absolute perfect replica of the person. So, you know, how do you balance those two ideas? Um, well, I think that people know, you know, people when they come to me will know my style, so they sort of know the way that I paint. Um and I, and I always do strive to get a physical likeness. You know, I, I think it's important that the person looks, you know, accurate, I guess. Um, but as I said, I also, I, I like kind of a painterly, I have a painterly style or I, I try to. I don't necessarily want there to be no visible brush strokes or that sort of thing because I feel like 
not, I mean, I, I admire painters who have that style, but for me, if I'm trying to get to that point, it kind of deadens something in the painting. I, mm. And I, I feel like it loses the freshness and the um, direct quality that, um, yeah, would come through otherwise. Mm. So why don't you call yourself a realistic, a realism painter? Well, because I guess because... For me, it's more important that the painting captures something more than just that kind of physical likeness. And I'm not, I'm just not striving for absolute, um, yeah, that absolute photorealism. So maybe it's not correct to say I'm not, I'm not a realist painter, but it's certainly not photorealism. You know, Mm. I'm not trying to capture every texture in the skin or yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and I think you have your style you know when you look at all of your portraits you can tell it's a Judith Milner portrait so you know yeah. you're bringing something of yourself and your style and your approach and I think your portraits to me have quite a softness about them I'm not sure if it's the linen or or the paint the colors that you use but there's a sort of gentleness about what you're conveying somehow. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you see it that way. You know, I think sometimes you can't, uh, well, it's harder to recognise your own style because it's just the way you do things. Yeah. um, Yeah, so it's kind of interesting to hear how other people would describe it. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. And uh, you do... Also, do you actually do portraits where you're not using an actual person? Do you find a, a portrait or a photograph of someone you don't know that you are drawn to and then paint them, or is it always an actual person? Um, it's generally an actual person, um, but sometimes I'll see someone that I just um, I think, oh, I'd love to paint their portrait. So I did... Um, two portraits actually of um, Amanda Branksgrove who is a model and um, she was in a class with me at Brown School of Art um, and so I, I asked her if I could paint her portrait because I just think yeah she's just there's something about her she's such a lovely person she's mm. also very beautiful and she's had a really interesting life and I sort of got to know her a little bit through the class and um yeah, and so I, I just asked her if I could paint her portrait. And, yeah, as I said, most people are really quite, I guess, happy to be asked. And, and mm. um, yeah, and she was amazing. And she, I went to her house and took a whole bunch of photos of her um, and painted her. And those portraits are actually in the um, Kumu Art Awards, um, which oh. you can online. So, yeah. Right, yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, so you, got, you were a finalist in, in those. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Well done. Yeah, I, I know the photograph you mean. It's, it's beautiful. Thank uh, you. Or the, the paintings that you did. Yeah, yeah. they're really stunning. So um, you do mainly kind of for your portraits, mainly head and shoulders and, and faces or from the waist up. You don't, do you ever do actual whole oh, bodies? Figures. Not, no, not really, um, unless there's sort of figures in a um in a like a scene you know so I've done the figure some figurative paintings where there are whole figures um, right yeah. yeah yeah so um that leads us on nicely to talking about your figurative work <laughs> yeah um so the the work that I've seen of of yours that is more figurative is um well it sort of reminds me of my childhood a little bit you know there's something about those images that take you back somewhere yeah so yeah. Uh, what, what's tell us about that yeah, so um, I I wanted to sort of um, I guess stretch myself and try some different things other than just the portraiture, um, and so I started really kind of going back to old photos, often from you know my childhood, and where there were figures um, sort of represent family relationships and things like that. So I guess I wanted to look at how I could use painting to convey ideas around some of those other themes, like the relationships between people and connection 
Um, and so, yeah, I went back to old photographs and I just, I love old photographs. I love the sort of faded out colours and, um, yeah, I just, I feel like they're quite different to photographs today. Um, yeah, I guess I was a child of the 80s and um, my dad took a lot of photographs. So I went back through those and, um, yeah, just when an image would really appeal to me, then I would paint it and then um, I asked, started asking other people for old photos and things as well. Um, yeah, and so they've been the basis for a lot of my figurative painting. Mm, that's great. So it's mostly been your own photographs and and people that you know at this stage? Mostly, yeah. And then I've sort of started doing um, some paintings without people in them. Um, I've done some sort of scenes, and I guess they're quite quintessentially New Zealand scenes, um, more landscape and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, I guess I'm kind of interested in the past and um, like a slower pace of life and a more carefree time. And so I, I think that's why I'm kind of drawn to these old photographs. Mm. Um, yeah. The, the childhood of, of yesteryear. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed a lot simpler, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, especially at the moment, I think, you know, like with COVID and everything else and it's, but, you know, it's quite a difficult time and we've been so isolated and so, yeah, I think I found myself drawn to those mm. images of connection. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm sure there's lots of artists who, you know, in 10 years' time will look back on this time and, and see that connection that they're making to making connections, you know, yeah. through this time of, of restrictions. Yeah. It'd actually be, that would make a great book, wouldn't it, looking back on, on artists' work through covid yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the uh, the colour palette that you use with the figurative work, it does have that sort of nostalgic feeling of sort of older photos and that kind of thing or slightly um, worn out photos sometimes, even just that sort of pinky, ready sort of feel about some of them. Is that yeah. intentional? Yeah, yeah, that is intentional. I um, Well... I think one of the things that's quite nice with the old photos is they've often lost a lot of colour. So it gives you a lot of licence to either put that back in or not or do your own thing. And sometimes I've worked from black and white photos where I've actually completely made up the colour, mm. which is quite fun. But yeah. um, I, I guess I always do that because when I work from photos, I will not necessarily um, copy them completely you know I might change some elements of the composition or I might change the colors to evoke a certain mood more strongly um because I don't see the point in just copying a photo you know mm, yeah. <laughs> I want them to be paintings and yeah. um, to be more expressive so mm. I will yeah change things I guess to heighten the mood or that sort of thing yeah yeah, it's very cool. So um, would you mind talking us through the process of creating one of those figurative paintings, how you go about it? It'll be interesting also to know where you work and how you sort of set yourself up in your workspace, wherever that is, yeah. um, and then sort of how you would approach a painting right from the beginning through to the end. Yeah. Um, so I have a sort of small studio at home, just a, a room in our house, um, where I've got my easel and my desk and um, I've repurposed my daughter's old change table as my art supply trolley. <laughs> um, and so I set myself up in there um, and I will, yeah, so I, I spend quite a lot of time, I guess, finding the reference material and choosing a photo and that takes me quite a long time. Um, and then once I have that, I will sometimes um, do a couple of different sketches, thinking about what elements I'd want to include or how I might change something. Um, sometimes it's quite straightforward. And then I will just scale that up onto my canvas. Um, and I don't work on a huge scale, so that's not too difficult. Sort of mm. most of my paintings will be 
Well, the biggest drug I will ever really do is maybe 50 by 40 centimetres or thereabouts. Mm. So they're not, they're not huge. And is that a space issue or just you prefer to work smaller? No, it's just that I kind of prefer to work on that um, size. Yeah, okay. I haven't ever tried to do anything really large. Um, one day I will. I'll definitely give it a go. But um, And then I paint quite directly. So I don't work in loads and loads of layers. I tend to have more of um, yeah, direct, a direct style where I, I paint and I try and keep that freshness. So, um, yeah, I, I th- you know, they call it a la prima, which means wet into wet, and it's meant to be done in one session, which I, would, I wouldn't usually achieve that. Um, but I, I will usually work for a couple of, you know, the best part of a day on something, and then I'll go back to it the next day while it's still wet and work on it again. Um, and, you know, often things will require me to go back more, you know and then do you know further sessions on them but I do try and get as much as I can done can done in those first two days while the paint's wet um yeah and try mm. and, I don't know I just feel like there's something really fr- fresh and when you come back to something I don't like to labor things too much um or that can be lost mm. yeah mm. that's interesting you just have one one work at a time um no I do I do have a couple of things on the go often um but I'll sort of work on something as I say two usually two really good sessions on something and then I might put it aside for a while work on something else and then come back to it to do more of the fine tuning mm. but I do try and just like really get the bulk of something done in one or two sessions yeah mm. wow so you must be quite efficient yeah, reasonably. Um, yeah, I guess again, they're not they're not huge scale works, so you can cover your canvas quite mm. quickly. And I've got much faster than I you know, used to be. Such a slow painter at high school and things, but I have um, yeah, I've really got faster as I've um, been doing it more. I guess yeah. Mm. Well, they're really beautiful, and I'll um, I'll put all of those paintings on your blog post. So people can um, have a look while they're listening just so that they can get a feel for it. Um, and it might be interesting also to put a couple of your landscape paintings out there. Are they, are they things that you're actually putting out into the public or are you just starting off with those? Um, yeah, no, I've been putting um, putting those out there. I um, have done a couple of paintings um, of caravans in New Zealand beaches and things which um, – yeah, I just, I guess, again, it's probably this COVID thing and not being able to have a holiday, but I've just found myself really drawn to those images and um, they've been really popular. I'd, I've done three, I think, and they all sold straight away. Mm, um, and great. so I just recently um, got a couple of the images digitised and have um, offered them a, as limited edition prints. So... Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Mm, but, that's um, a good idea. Yeah. I think they'll they'll go really nicely as prints as well. Yeah, and it's yeah. it is nice to do to paint something different because, as I said, doing the portraits, I love it, but it can be quite a lot of pressure and responsibility. And so sometimes it's nice just to paint something else. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. And the caravans—is there anything and apart from the? sort of fantasizing about being on holiday out of Auckland. <laughs> Is there anything else about the caravans that's come from somewhere? Um, no, we never had a caravan, but I think the I think they just sort of tied in with the like that idea of um kind of carefree summers and summer holidays and um I've I've done a couple of um commissions of people's batches as well so yeah they're all these different slightly different things but they kind of all have something in common I think mm. yeah. and they've still got that sort of element of nostalgia I guess yeah 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 so they they all kind of feel it feels like all of your work kind of comes within you know under one umbrella in in ways you know yeah I think there's definitely a connection that kind of runs through yeah. there which is nice 
So I'm just talking about commercial, the commercial side of your art practice. Um, I know you have your um, your website, and all the links again will be on the blog post. But um, how do you actually reach out to people? You know, how do you find these people that want you to to make a commission for them? Um, and how do you sell your work? Yeah, so um, the commissions have tended to be word of mouth, really. Um, people will see um, one of my portraits in somebody's house and then they'll, uh, I guess, get in touch and, and say, oh, you know, I saw a portrait that you did and would you do one for me? And, and so, yeah, that's mainly been, um, mainly been word of mouth because um, I'm quite new to all of this and I've only really started um, selling my work, you know, this year. Um, prior to that, I would I would really only be doing things for friends. Mm, um, which is amazing. I mean, you've come a long way just in, within one year of selling work. Yeah, no, it does. It's been, um, it's been really interesting because I didn't initially, I never really thought that, I, well, I thought portraiture was, it's not a very commercial or easy to sell proposition. You know, people won't buy portraits of people they don't know, um, whereas you paint a landscape and that can appeal to a lot of different people. So, um, yeah, I was never really trying to do it as a commercial thing. Um, but then I found that there were people that wanted their, wanted portraits painted. Mm. Um, so that's been really nice. Yeah, mm, that's lovely. It's really affirming, isn't it? After, yeah, you know, yeah. It's quite new. Your practice is quite new, really. Yeah, relatively new. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And so you were saying that you have you are starting to do limited limited edition prints. Yeah. Um, are you going to do that with like your your um, figurative painting and your landscape paintings, sort of in general, or? Um. Well, it was kind of just something that I thought I would try because uh, a couple of people had contacted me and said, oh, I loved your caravan painting, but I see it's sold. Do you have any more? And um, I didn't, but I thought, well, that's something I could potentially try mm. doing doing some prints. Um, so I um, had some digitised, like, you know, a week ago, um, and I'm just going to see how that goes, really. Mm. And if people, um, you know, if there's a demand for them or what happens. Yeah, um, that's yeah, great. It's a bit it's of an experiment. Waters, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you'll sell mostly through your website or on Instagram as well? Yeah. Um, I've had people DM me on Instagram and, yeah, otherwise through my website. And um, then recently I've entered into quite a few shows, um, like awards and things like that, like the Kumu Art Awards and the Walker and Hall Art Awards. So I'll have opportunities hopefully to exhibit um, and sell work through some of those um, those exhibitions mm. uh, if they're not cancelled with um, <laughs> COVID. Yeah, it's so yeah. sad, isn't it? There's so it many exhibitions really being cancelled. Yeah, yeah. really sad. Yeah. So many events, um, especially in the arts, you know. Yeah. But how do you find competitions? I mean, I, I have never entered a competition that kind of scares me. How do you find, you know, what is it about competitions that you enjoy? Well, I, I've never entered a competition either until um, I went to a workshop at Brown and one of the tutors said to our class, oh, if anyone's got anything, the Walker and Hall Art Awards um, closes on Monday, you know, uh, she, uh, this tutor had been a finalist in that before and or won the award I'm not sure but um and she was encouraging us to put something in so I, I went home and I had a look what work I had and I thought oh, well I'll enter something and I really it was very um you know I hadn't planned to submit anything or anything like that but um and I put a piece of work in and then I found out that I was selected as a finalist so that was yeah I mean I was just so um surprised and, and happy to mm. um, experience and so then I thought oh well maybe I should enter a few more of these things so mm. I I did and um yeah I was selected for the Kumu Art Awards and um, the Haw Hawks Bay Art Awards as well so um yeah that's been right. yeah. quite 
yeah, really quite um, affirming, I guess, because yeah. of the exhibitions. And, it's encouraging. And how do yeah. you feel if, if you weren't selected or you, you know, didn't become a finalist? Or how, how do you think that would affect your your practice? Um, I think, well, I, I certainly didn't have any expectations that I would be selected. I, it was, you know, quite a surprise. So I, I, I don't think it would fit me too much I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing yeah and I guess you see you know people who enter art award sort of events it's it's almost like it's actually an exhibition really where you can show your work and then there is a sort of competition side of it but I guess it's just you know a way of of putting your work out to maybe a different audience um and you know, a good experience, you know, for people yeah. who are listening who have never entered a competition before. I guess, you know, there there's good things about it because it gives you a another another forum. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the one you just gotta get your head around if you don't win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I not get depressed. Really, it's more about, yeah, being yeah. in the exhibition and having another opportunity to show your work and that's yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And um, do, have you actually, apart from the Brown School of Art exhibition at the end of the year, have you had any of your own exhibitions or been involved in other group exhibitions? Um, only the um, Women's Fund um, event. And then um, I'm a member with a couple of different um, organisations now. So um, the Myringi Arts Centre, um, I've got a Work in Their Members exhibition that's coming up. Um, and I have submitted an exhibition proposal um, to a gallery quite recently, so I'm still waiting to hear back. So I won't say too much about that. But, yeah, um, yeah I'd, love to have a, I'd love to have a show in the next year or so, like mm. a solo show, yeah. And the, the community galleries are great for that kind of thing, yeah. aren't they, for the solo shows and the group shows. It's a really yeah. good way to start, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And have you got sort of ideas of maybe being represented by a particular gallery in the future? Um, no, I haven't. Um, I haven't really. I have quite, I mean, I quite enjoy like selling my work directly and having that contact with people. And I think certainly for portrait commissions, um it's it just seems to make sense that you would have more of a direct relationship um but then for the figurative work um yeah I guess having a gallery represent um a gallery representation could be good but it's all quite new so I haven't really given it a huge amount of thought yeah mm, yeah it's probably something that will happen at some point yeah Touch wood. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I can imagine it. Um, and tell us about the Brown School of Art one-year course. Yeah, um, so I went to Brown School of Art um, when, my, when my daughter was little. I did a couple of their um, short courses. They have weekend workshops and things like that, and I've done a couple of short courses and really enjoyed those. And then when my... Um, I think it was 2019, I enrolled in their one of their year-long courses. So they have um yeah, year-long paintings one through four. And I I went in and started at year two because I already had some experience. And um yeah, they're really good. You just it's once a week and um I like that regular opportunity to get feedback on my work and things like that. And it's just really lovely to have a creative community around and other yeah. people who are also have similar goals and um yeah talk about want to talk about art and go to mm. exhibitions together and things like that oh yeah it'd be so great it's such yeah. a, a great thing on so many levels isn't it yeah yeah not so really and do they guide you just within your own practice or are you sort of challenged to try different things within the course um I think in the sort of year one which I didn't do in the year two they give you get you to try different things um and then as you kind of progress through you're more self-directed but they, they get you to do um 
where you do you do have like group discussions and things like that and um you get that support and the feedback on your work which is really mm. great yeah that sounds so good yeah no it's yeah. great cool. it sounds an amazing course you know it's just it sort of can work around your family commitments um but you know it's not that sort of whole full-time full-on uni kind yeah. of thing yeah but it's still lots of learning and, and just getting you going with your practice and keeping you keeping you um disciplined I guess to, to yeah. keep painting yeah I think that's right I mean it's very hard for people to commit to going back to art school or something full-time I think you know once Mm. you've got other other things going on children or work Mm. yeah that's perfect well I'll put a link to Brown School of Art in the um, in your blog post as well so uh, I'd be interested to know if you call yourself an artist now or a lawyer or a bit of both or (laughs) um yeah I'm it's been funny actually because my children keep telling everyone I'm an artist um (laughs) and I think I I definitely um would have felt really really strange about that um in the past because I didn't go to art school and didn't don't have a fine arts degree and things but um yeah I, I think recently it feels a bit more legitimate because I have been selling a lot of work and um yeah that's been great it's kind of great and it's what I want to do so mm-hmm. I suppose I'm getting a little bit more comfortable calling myself a painter. Um, yeah. And, yeah, as I said, it's sort of I hadn't been kind of ready to say that I wouldn't go back to law until recently, but I think that's just gradually I've come to that realisation too. So, mm. um, I mean, I'm still um, – I still have – I still do identify as a lawyer to some degree, you know, like it was a big part of my life. And, um, yeah, I had some really good experiences doing that as well. So, yeah, I think it will always be part of my story. And what mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, do you think it's, you know, your experience as a lawyer, how, how do you think that's informed your art practice or has it? Um. Probably hasn't informed my art practice, but there are, I mean, I've been working on a series um, called Raising the Bar and it's, I've been painting some woman lawyers um, who have been, yeah, doing great, you know, like really great work. And I guess that came about in response to, um, you know, the media's called out the sexual harassment and bullying and discrimination in the legal profession recently. And, um, yeah, I can certainly uh, relate to some of that and and worked in the big firms and I know what the culture is like and I wanted to, um, yeah, paint women who are kind of working to affect change in the legal profession um and this yeah so I think also you go into a courtroom or a boardroom and there were often portraits of white male judges or partners and things and um yeah it's just implicitly sending this message that that's the type of person that will succeed in the profession and I wanted to paint these other women to as role models I guess for younger generations coming through Mm. Um, yeah so that's kind of something I've been working on that's Um, so good and it just feels even more authentic that you've actually come from that world and have experienced it so you know that that's part of your story which really resonates with the work you're doing yeah I felt like it was just a kind of a way of processing all of that in a way yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm sure you'll be helping, you know, the next generation of female lawyers with that kind of thing. If you get your work out there, you know, that's it's a great role model. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just I, I feel like, you know, there are certain groups of of women lawyers who probably um are very underrepresented and um yeah, and I think it's important 
that especially you know women of different ethnicities non-pakeha women they're really underrepresented in law and at law school and um yeah and i think it's important to showcase those women that um are achieving because there are some really amazing people out there doing great work Mm. and again doing that kind of work for you is you know doing the research and and making connections with the people and telling their stories through your work and yeah that seems to be a big part of of your your practice and how you approach what you do yeah yeah which is great so um judith we'll just start finishing off here Sadly, I feel like I could talk to you all day. Um, what is it that actually, I mean, obviously you've spoken about um, the people who inspire you and that kind of thing. Is there something else that inspires you to be doing the work that you're doing? Um, I just I just feel really lucky to have um, a way of expressing myself and um, and I think I love, the idea of creating something lasting and yeah you know creating something I think one thing I um, used to say when I was a lawyer was sometimes I wish my job had a more tangible result you know and um, yeah and I think actually making a physical product is really satisfying so that's kind of part of it and yeah and just being able to, I guess, express myself, I guess, through painting, sometimes you can say something that's harder to put into words or, yeah, it's just a really, feel really lucky to have that, this, you know, ability, I guess, and, um, yeah. Mm, it's so good. And a painting is such a sort of living legacy, isn't it, in a lot of ways that sort of goes on, you know, from generation to generation potentially. Yeah, yeah. Which is nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're painting people, I think there's something about that that, you know, becomes probably a quite a family treasure. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Which is, as we said, you know, such a privilege. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. So um, just I ask my guests this question every time. Do you have any advice for people who are starting out on their creative journey or maybe also um, specifically mums who are trying to kind of juggle their creativity with um, looking after children? Uh, yeah, I think I think a couple of things I would say. Um, don't wait until you're ready because I often hear people saying, oh, yeah, one day I'd like to put, put a website together or something, but I'm not there yet. And I kind of think well, you just have to... You just have to do it. You just have to put yourself out there. I wasn't very comfortable when I first put myself out there, but um, it's been so affirming because, if you know, people have just been so encouraging and I've had people message me and say, oh, I think it's so great that you're doing what you love. And I've, I've never had anyone say anything negative, um, which has been really lovely. Um, and I think, yeah, it's really important as a mum you give so much of yourself and it's really important to make time for yourself and to do something that, you know, fills you up as well. And so, yeah, I think um, making sure that you can find time to do some something for yourself. Um, and sometimes you have to maybe change the way that you're working a little bit when your kids are small but um, to fit in with that. But I think if you can make some time for yourself and, really an important thing to do yeah I agree absolutely and um, what do you think is in the future for you I feel like is there's big things in the future for you (laughs) (laughs) but how do you see it um yeah I'm um I'm excited to kind of keep developing and trying some new things I feel like it's you know just just getting started on this journey um and yeah, I think, um, as I said, I, one day I'd love to have a book of, you know, publish a book of my portraits. It would be an amazing kind of long-term goal. Um, yeah. So, and then um, I'm looking forward to next year, I think, you know, my daughter's starting school and having a bit more time as well. Yeah, that's great. Well, I can't wait to see all the amazing things that you get up to, Jude. 
And um, it's been lovely to meet you. And it's so, it's even more special at the moment in lockdown to actually have a conversation with somebody <laughs> and make a new connection. You know, it's it's lovely to meet you. And I, I really do love your work. And um, it's been so interesting to hear your story from being in the law area to the to the visual arts area and uh, I think your story will be really inspirational so thank you so much for coming it's been a pleasure and thank you for asking me I really yeah it's been really lovely to chat yeah thanks Jude